Hello, everybody, and thank you for joining us on another episode of the Mobcast. I am your host, Connor Bland, and this week I'm here with Logan Floyd, who is a sales rep for a company called Axis, uh, based here out of Colorado Springs. Stay tuned and join us. All right, so Logan... For those of you who don't know, Logan and I go way back. Logan and I actually, uh, we <laughs> we grew up together. Uh, what was that? What what year did you move to Colorado? Uh, I moved here in 2007. Okay. Jeez. Yeah. So we were in what, middle school? Something yeah, like that. Yeah, it was like right before eighth grade. Jeez. Yeah. So, yeah, for those of you who don't know, there might be some subtle jabs here and there. It's uh, because yeah. we've known each other for years. It's all good. Too, uh, we know each other too well. Too A little too well. Um, so... Uh, but Logan, so you you have been working for Axis for what has it been? Almost three. Yeah, yeah, three two, years? Two, two and a half years, almost three. It'll be three years in uh, July. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So for our listeners, what um, what is Axis? Yeah. So Axis is an organization that exists to help uh, bridge the gap between generations, specifically between like parents and students. Um, and so we kind of have several different ways that we do that. But um, one of the ways is through our speaking teams in which we go and talk with parents um, about like, here's what's going on in teen culture and here's different ways of thinking about it and um, just trying to equip them to know what's going on. Um, And then we speak with students as well, um, talk about worldviews, talk about pop culture, like the ideas that we take in from culture every day, trying to get them to think critically. And then we have digital resources as well to help um, parents understand culture um, so that they can have conversations. Um, our mission statement is that, you know, we want to build lifelong faith one conversation at a time. Um, okay. So we are equipping or trying to equip at least uh, parents to have those conversations, even in the small things like, you know, what's Snapchat or Fortnite or something like that. Okay. Um, so wow. that those can become bigger conversations um, about, you know, they have doubt. Um, how do you handle that? I don't believe in God. Um, so we're just trying to equip them as best we can. Well, Logan, that's really cool. So, um, what, what did you do with, with Axis when, uh, or well, I guess you still work there. So, uh, what, what did you do when you started and what do you do now? Yeah. So, um, as I said, we have, uh, speaking teams, um, that, uh, travel around the country speaking at Christian high schools and churches, um, conferences, that type of thing. And so I started off doing that. Um, I was an intern. Um, so started back in 2016, um, and traveled on a team with three other people for, uh, close to 10 months. Um, so we spoke to, oh gosh, I don't know, thousands of people, (laughs) um, and all over the country. And then, um, towards the end or the second half of my, uh, intern year, um, it goes the full school year. Uh, they approached me, um, Axis. Um, and our, actually our president, and he asked me if I wanted to lead one of those teams to be a team director. Mm. Um, and so I ended up <clears throat> uh, leading for another year. So I ended up traveling for two years. Um, and then back in probably June, um, so June of 2018, I uh, transitioned um, out of traveling um, and uh, entered into my current role, which is um, handling customer service and um, being able to try and uh, 
equip churches and schools with our digital products and whatnot. So I handle all of or a lot of that right now. Okay. Um, so yeah, so it's a, that the two and a half years, a lot of speaking, um, but now I get to be a little bit more uh, behind the scenes. Nice. <laughs> um, and 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 I still get to do some of the. You know, we do have some of our like video series that we do and whatnot. I get mm-hmm. to participate in those and whatnot. Yeah, but yeah definitely uh, customer service and sales now. Yeah. Uh, well, you mentioned that uh, the uh, the videos that you guys do. Mm-hmm. What what are a couple examples of those? Because I've I've seen a couple of those and they're pretty cool. So. Yeah. Um, so it kind of depends. So we have different videos that we put on like social media, for instance, um, which is just like here's a quick uh, kind of tip of the week or mm-hmm. culture insight of the week. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of adapted from um, our weekly newsletter. So we have a newsletter that we send out to parents every single Friday. Um, and we take one of those points and say, hey, here's a thought about this. So like talking about mm, uh, video game addiction, for instance, was one of the ones I did. Okay. Um, and just it's literally like 45 seconds to a minute. And we just say, here's an issue um, in culture. Here are some questions that you can either think about yourself as a student or parents. Here's a question that you can ask your kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we also have uh, something called conversation kits, which those are like actual um, feature length presentations. Um, okay. and so we have about 16 of those and we've done, um, ones on social media. We just, uh, just film, uh, finished filming one actually, um, earlier this week on evangelism. Um, and we have ones on bullying and suicide, pornography, um, the Bible and the validity of scripture among some others. So, um, yes, yeah, so we have about, uh, 15, we're about to release our 16th one of those. So th- okay. those are just a few th- and we have some more video content, but the, the, definitely the social media, like on Instagram and Facebook, those, those first videos I mentioned, and then the conversation gets our primary. Okay. Stuff. And, uh, is that something that, that just anybody can go and purchase or is it something that you need to suggest that to like your pastor at church to yeah. have them bring it on? Yeah. Uh, good question. Yes. Uh, anyone can, can get them. I mean, the videos on Instagram and Facebook are, I mean, they're free. Right. Um, so you just have to follow us. Um, mm-hmm. and then, uh, but yeah, conversation kits, um, or, uh, well, any of our resources, anybody can purchase. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they are, <clears throat> they are, I mean, they're focused towards parents. Um, but I think anyone that is in a position of discipleship over a teenager or someone that's about to enter into those teen years, I think would benefit from a lot of the resources, whether those are some of our written stuff like parent guides or the conversation kits. Um, we're actually getting ready to release a, a parenting summit. Um, so we okay. got to interview 50 different experts on, I mean, all about parenting. So I got to interview a guy, uh, Paul David Tripp today, who's um, written a ton of books on parenting. Sam Alberry, who's an expert on the um, homosexuality. Um, and okay. he wrote a book called like, Is God Anti-Gay? Um, and so get to interview people like that, um, yeah. Tim Keller, Robbie Zacharias, um, we interviewed them on our first summit, but so we're getting ready to release another one of those. And those are also something that people can, uh, participate in, um, okay. and purchase if they would like. Okay. That's awesome. Um, definitely. If you guys are thinking about, uh, purchasing any of those, be sure to ask for Logan Floyd, the sales guy. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and he'll help you out. Um, I'll, I'll hook you up. Hook you up. What, what got you started with Axis? Yeah. Um, so originally, um, so I went to college, uh, Colorado State University and uh, up in Fort Collins. And um, even the years leading up to that, I had gotten involved in youth ministry. Um, so just volunteering and, you know, going to youth group on Wednesday nights or leading a small group or something like that. Um, and I did that all throughout college. 
Um, and uh, kind of during that time, I felt like the Lord was leading me to youth ministry. And so I get, you know, flash forward to my senior year of college. Um, I mean, that's the plan. I, I'm going to be a youth pastor one day. Mm-hmm. Um, and the plan was for me to graduate and then go to seminary. Um, okay. But then I got to my senior year and um, one, I was burnt out of school. I was just like, I need a break. <laughs> yeah. um, but then also I, it would have been a little bit financially irresponsible for me to go right into seminary. Um, so I was like, all right, I'm just going to take a break for a little while, like a year, um, kind of take a, a post-college gap year okay. and um, just save up some money and work uh, back here in Colorado Springs where I was from um, and uh, just kind of see where things go from there and then go to seminary. But um, along those lines, that's when my, I mean, when my mom actually She's the one that found the internship um, for the speaking gig. But um, so when I took that break, my mom just passed it along to me. And I was like, well, it sounds like a cool way to spend a year off maybe. And um, and then I can go to seminary. But then, you know, one thing led to another and they asked me to stay. And when I saw I'm still here. Uh, So that's great. um, So it wasn't necessarily like an intentional thing that I sought out, but it ended up just kind of working out for me. Um, yeah. And so I'm still here, still, still enjoying, uh, I, lo- I love what Axis does, and mm-hmm. um, that's why I decided to stay on in the current role that I uh, am in even after I finished speaking. So yeah, um, so, yeah so I can thank my mom, honestly, for uh, getting me <laughs> this job. Yeah, well, I mean, and one thing I thought about too, which is, I mean, uh, and I don't know if you even remember that, but when we were in, I think it was middle school or early high school. Mm-hmm. Axis actually came to our church yeah. and spoke mm-hmm. one summer. Um, mm-hmm. I think actually a couple in a row. Um, yeah, yeah. But I think, I, I think I only went to one. I don't know about you. Yeah, I can't. I can't remember. I, I don't because we. It was part of a rabbi project, right? Um, uh-huh. So this, which was this, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> church thing that we did with <laughs> our youth group, where we'd go and like serve for part of the day, and then also get teaching for part of the day. But yeah, yeah. Axis came in to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was my first exposure to them, okay. um, and then. That's how I was somewhat familiar and okay with entering into the internship because like, okay, I remember them. I remember what they do. And then also actually my sister-in-law interned uh, with them, gosh, about eight years ago. So maybe um, one or like two or three years after they came and spoke to to us. Um, So, yeah, so I was a little bit familiar with them going in. Yeah, Uh, yeah, I I do remember them coming to speak. That's awesome. Funny videos and all kinds of stuff (laughs) yeah it is for those i mean for those of you parents who are listening i mean it it is it's really interactive i think for kids and really current which is something at least i i remember from the times that when we were there and how different it looked uh but how (laughs) how they change it each year based on Mm -hmm. you know culture and social norms i guess for for the current generation the current people um Mm -hmm. you know and that the social trends things like that um Mm -hmm. So with this being the mobcast and the title or and the the background being about mobilization, mm-hmm. but what what do you think uh, Axis has um, in the way of mobilization? Like how how yeah. are they helping mobilize yeah. you know workers maybe for the kingdom? Yeah. Um, well, so one of the things that we like to tell parents a lot, um, especially when we're going and speaking um, at churches or whatnot, um, is that we want to we want you to view yourselves as like you are missionaries to the next generation. Mm-hmm. Like that's which, and oftentimes I think um, people do think of missions or being a missionary and be like, okay, I'm going to go overseas or I'm going to, I'm going to go to a different country um, or, or a different city. But 
Um, in the same way, what, what does missions accomplish? Missions is trying to spread the gospel, trying to share the love of Jesus with everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and that means we have to contextualize the gospel to different cultures, different people groups, mm-hmm. um, hence mission trips and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we want to view parents in the same capacity or youth pastors or pastors. So mm-hmm. um, what we do is we try to equip you to have conversations so that you can have a, um, a child or maybe someone that you're discipling that they can grow up and have that lifelong faith that will then um, impact how they live their lives and go out and spread the gospel some more. Mm-hmm. Uh, because you don't have to go overseas to do missions. I think right. that's a vital thing and a vital um, important part of Christianity. But um, we also can't neglect what we have right in front sure. of us. Mm-hmm. And so I would say what we are doing is trying to equip parents to have the necessary conversations that lead to lifelong faith for students mm-hmm. um, so that they can go and be difference makers in the world, so that they can go and, and share the share the gospel with their, their neighbors, uh, but then also maybe even find and develop their passions for wanting to do maybe long-term missions or something like that. Because um, if you don't understand what the gospel is, then how, how are you going to expect to go and share it with other people? And so that's really what we're wanting to do is we want to help you understand what the gospel is through your current cultural, cultural context. Okay. Um, so students live in a technological age. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's very different even from when we grew up. Sure. Like, I mean, I remember when an iPhone came out. Um, the students today, they know nothing but iPhones. Right. Um, and so we are just trying to contextualize the gospel to them and equip parents to do the same so that they understand the transformational power of the gospel mm-hmm. and therefore they can go out and spread it to everyone that they need. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, uh, another question I was just thinking of was the, um, how with the the example that you just gave with, uh, with how different it's been, even just yeah. between us being 25 and, mm-hmm. you know, uh, it, what was that so eight years ago since we were yeah. in high school something mm-hmm. like that I mean how how do you guys stay on top of social <laughs> trends yeah. I mean like it feels like every single day there's a new meme or a new gif or a new yeah. something a new dance from Fortnite that yeah. is the big screen and yeah. kids are all about it and then the next day it's like oh that's so you know forever yeah. ago yeah um, research uh, lot, <laughs> lots okay. of research um, I mean I, I mean, and that's not the only thing. I mean, we do have those speaking teams. Those are kind of our boots on the ground. And so they get to actually interact with students um, on a pretty regular basis. And so they get to actually ask questions like, hey, you know, what's going on? Um, Like, so we get to ask the students and get their feedback and we listen and be like, so even if it's not a question that we're asking, we're like, wow, a lot of people seem to be talking about this new Drake song that just came out or something like that. Um, so it's, it's not only like eyes and ears on the ground, um, but also, I mean, we do have a team of people back in our office that are just like consistently trying to research, like, all right, what, what are the trends? What's going on right now? Um, looking at different and utilizing different organizations that do research as well. It's like Barna group, for instance, it's a great organization if you're involved with youth ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, but like they come out with all kinds of studies and stuff that they've done much more in-depth analysis than we have. 
Um, so it's just kind of a combination of a number of things, kind of what do we hear and see um, with the students that we're interacting with um, and maybe even our own lives, but then also spending a good chunk of time researching, which mm. I, I don't think people realize it's, it's a lot. Um, and, that, and that's kind of why we exist too, is we want to do the research that you don't have the time to do yeah. um, and just make it easy. So yeah, so kind of a combination of all that. Okay, Logan. So uh, one of the one of the sayings—it's not even a saying. I'm sorry. It's a Bible verse that mm-hmm. uh, that we talk about here in the office a lot. Is Luke ten two, which is Lord of the Harvest, bring more workers, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And and that's something that you'll actually hear if you're ever in our office at ten o two every day. There's people who um, I, like I'm one of them. I've set my alarm on my phone mm-hmm. so that every time it's ten o two. I remember the Luke ten two, yeah. and and I pray for that. So and, and in connection with that. How would you describe a good disciple relationship? Uh, because I think, you know, it it depends on the, the student. I think discipleship is going to look very different depending on your the individual, mm-hmm. um, you know, well, one, the age, but also just like the personality of the child. Like what is the relationship with them? Is it a parent? Is it a youth pastor? Is it a volunteer? Is it a peer even? Mm-hmm. Um, I think discipleship is a first of all a group effort mm-hmm. and um, second of all it, it, each person has a different role mm-hmm. um, and so I think like there's not one right way of doing discipleship yeah. um, but I think there's there are wise things that we can do um, so for instance like one of the <clears throat> excuse me um, one of the things that we, are all about at Axis, um, which I've already talked about a little bit, is like starting conversations. I think part of discipleship is dialogue, okay. right? Like if you if you can't if you can't talk with someone and have a good conversation with them, how are you supposed to disciple them, right? Right. Um, and so being able to have conversations with them is a huge part. Um, so I think what a healthy discipleship relationship could look like is like all right, whether it, Let's say I'm a, I'm a volunteer in a youth group and um, I am, um, you know, I've picked out a couple of students that I'm like, I'm going to choose to invest in them a little bit more and I'm going to quote unquote disciple them. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, first of all, you need to model it yourself. I think that's one of the biggest things that anybody can do for students who are new to the faith or maybe aren't there yet or they're just really hungry and wanting to grow they need to have people model it for them. Um, but also like as I, you know, so I'm modeling it for them and then I'm just asking questions. Questions can be such a powerful tool in discipleship, but also just in relationship with people. Mm. Um, it's showing them that you care. It's showing them that they are, um, like that you value them, that their opinion matters, that, um, they themselves matter. Um, and students, especially today, they want to feel validated and affirmed. Um, and you asking questions and taking interest in what they're doing and how they spend their time and the hobbies that they have and like, which, you know, and it could be something that you, I don't know, that you don't care about. Um, yeah. Like Fortnite, uh, like every student today seems to be playing Fortnite. Um, like, okay, I don't get it, but I'm going to ask questions and like, try to understand. Um, I think 
being able to have those conversations and ask questions is a big step, mm-hmm. um, which you can then apply that principle to everything, like all relationships you have. And then also when you think about sharing the gospel with other people, whether that's um, just in casual relationship, um, you know, with your neighbors or your, you know, people at school, um, or you're going overseas and doing missions, learning the art of good question asking can be really powerful uh, because story speaks to us. So if I'm asking about your story, that's going to start to break down some walls for them. And maybe they'll share a little bit more, which might make them more receptive to the gospel. Um, So I I think, yeah, I I just think that conversation and the ability to ask good questions can be um, pivotal in someone's life and in their faith. I think um, having mentorship um, and people like a group of people that are participating in this discipleship um, is also important. So both as a student looking for that, mm-hmm. um, well, not just as a student, anybody looking for someone older and wiser than them to just kind of feed you mm-hmm. <laughs> um, spiritually. I think that's a big, Kara uh, Powell, she wrote a book called Sticky Faith yeah. and um fantastic book but she talks about in that book she recommends that every person has five mentors mm. like that's a or five people in their lives and that one of them could be your parent mm-hmm. um but then whether that's a youth pastor um the, you know one of one of your parents friends um or even a peer um, mm-hmm. that might be a little bit further ahead spiritually mm-hmm. um finding those mentors can be important um but yeah, so I think between modeling it yourself, um, learning how to ask good questions, and then putting yourself in relationship with older, wiser people mm-hmm. um, that have more experience in their spiritual journey um, can all be a great um, spark and a great encouragement to you in your faith mm-hmm. as you're trying yeah. to figure out what Christianity even is and what does... Yeah. Because it's a lifelong journey, right? You're always going to be learning, always going to be developing. Mm-hmm. No one has all of the right answers, um, but that that's a good place to at least get started and to encourage you along the way. Yeah, well, and and that brings me to another another question. So we uh, here at OC, we're a part of the mobilization team, thus mm-hmm. the Mobcast. Um, we we go to a luncheon once a month uh, with a group of other mobilizers from other organizations here mm-hmm. in the Springs, and it's funny. I've, I've almost made it a joke with a couple of my coworkers because every time uh, we get the invite for that, they talk about what the, or they send a list of what the topics are going to be. <laughs> yeah. And almost every time the first topic is how to minister to Gen Z <laughs> um, yeah. and, or, and sometimes they even include millennials in there, which yeah. you and I are. Um, yeah. So in, in an age, and, and one of the points that they bring up that I, I can see is pretty valid because I've seen it in even our generation as mm-hmm. well as the younger one, but in an age where people are less and less likely to have, maybe not less likely, but less, um, it's it's harder to access those really like personal relationships because most people are enveloped in some way or another into a piece of technology, whether yeah. that be their yeah. phone, especially young people, you know, like with their phones or mm-hmm. their computer at home or the TV at home, uh, binge watching Netflix is mm-hmm. a thing. I mm-hmm. do it. No shame. <laughs> um, I, think and, we, I think we all do it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so what, what would you suggest, or maybe, maybe what, uh, I'm sure you guys have come across that before, maybe yep. with, um, a young person who 
is just completely shut off. But yeah. their their parents are wanting to try to get them connected. They don't seem to want to talk to their parents. Um, you had mentioned kind of like taking interest in something that they yeah. do. But what what might be another or maybe a couple of ways that you can kind of reach out to that person, um, a, a young person like that? Yeah. Um, so, again, I think it kind of depends on the context. Is this sure. a parent? Is this a, right. um, a youth leader? Um, cause people are going to have different relational equity. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, let's just speak of a parent right now. Okay. Um, so for a parent in that situation, let's say you have yeah a, a kid that has an iPhone or, you know, they're, they have, they're playing their Xbox all the time and they never want to engage with anything. Mm-hmm. First of all, I think it's important that you don't demonize it. Uh, I mean, like it, I mean, there's definitely like healthy habits in there and, but you can't demonize like, why would you ever want to play this? Like, well, there's, there is a reason why. Right. Um, and that is, you know, you, you can't argue with people's story. Sure. Um, and so if someone or with people's desires or with people's, um, interests, uh, and so if they enjoy it, they enjoy it. So don't demonize it. Mm -hmm. But so practically speaking, I think if you're a parent and you have a kid that is struggling with that um, and they're just they're not wanting to open up at all. Um, one, I think there there needs to be a level of um, understanding that like students naturally don't want to open up. Um, oftentimes, especially I'm thinking of guys like I was, thir- you know, 13 year old year old, I, I didn't want to open up to my parents about anything. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to go play Call of Duty. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, with you. Many, uh, a, long, many a long um, nights. <laughs> Sorry. But um, I think being able to s- ask the questions to, like you said, start to show that interest, but also maybe actually have a conversation about healthy habits. Because mm-hmm. um, s- technology can either um, rule us or we can own it and put it in its proper place. Technology is not bad. Um, our use of it is, um, what can distort things and, and put in place barriers to relationship. So like saying, Hey, um, we're going to have a conversation and I just want to hear your thoughts first. So asking you a question first, um, like, what do you think is a good amount of time? that you should be able to spend on whatever device or, you know, Xbox, your phone, whatever. Right. Um, and then you start that dialogue and then you kind of have the opportunity to speak um, from your own wisdom as to what you think is healthy. But then you also have to explain the why behind it. Like mm. you're not just saying this stuff and putting in place these boundaries just because you don't want them to play Fortnite forever. It's because you want to actually have that connection with them. And so, um, so being willing to have a conversation with them about like, all right, here's what um, you think is a healthy time limit. Maybe here's what I think is a healthy time limit. Here's why I want to put in place some boundaries around that so that we can actually have this connection. Mm. Um, But then, you know, if those, if that conversation goes well, which by the way, it's not always going to go well. Mm-hmm. Um, like sometimes students, it takes a little bit of chiseling, like it's going to take some time. Um, but, uh, as that starts to, um, form in their brains, like that habit, then maybe 
the door will be open for deeper conversations. Mm -hmm. It's like, there's, there's no quick fix. There's not going to be something that like, okay, my kid plays video games all the time and I'm wanting to have this relationship with him and this connection with him. Mm -hmm. um, but nothing seems to be working. There's not going to be one thing that you can do to go and all of a sudden have a relationship with them. Relationships are built over time. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I think, um, just continuing to, sh and maybe even participate with them. That there's a great thing too. Mm -hmm. Like, all right, you love playing Call of Duty. Well, I'm gonna try it. Yeah. Like, even though you, I probably have no coordination whatsoever. Right. Um. And I and I can't do this. Um. That. Well, one, it might even make your kid laugh. Um, right. But you're starting to build that heart connection with them, and then they they might open up to you. Mm -hmm. But I think like having. Um, conversations about boundaries specifically around technology talking about the why behind it um and then you having the opportunity to speak truth into that um i think that can be a, a huge first step but then also like i said earlier with mentorship like pulling in other people being like all right i'm clearly not connecting with my kid how can i learn from maybe some people who do um connect with them and like look at what they do and ask for advice or maybe include them in on things um, so just recognizing that it's a process, it's going to take time. Mm. Uh, we live in an instant gratification culture mm. that doesn't want to take time. Um, but that, uh, that's how relationships are formed. That's how discipleship actually happens is it's a lifelong process. It takes time. So being patient at the same time. Um, yeah, no, that, that somewhat answers your question. Yeah, no, that's, that's good. Um, so I, I think one of the, one of the last questions I have here is what, from the, from the perspective of Axis, what uh -huh. is maybe your, uh, uh, or maybe not from the perspective of Axis, but what, what is your, uh, if there was anything that anybody was going to take away from this podcast as they're yeah. listening to it, whether it be a parent or a student or just a peer, what, what do you think, uh, what, what would you say is the biggest thing to take away? Man, um, I think it's that we, we need people to pour into us. We need, whether that is through just taking an interest in, you know, what hobbies I have or whatnot, or maybe explicitly explaining what the gospel is, sharing your own story, being vulnerable, um, that will open up um, doors that weren't otherwise there. But we all need someone like that in our lives most likely multiple people in our lives that will model the gospel well for us, that will love us through any situation. Um, even when we make stupid decisions, mm. um, we need that because if I don't have that, I'm not, I'm not like, that's, that's one opportunity to be able to experience the love of Jesus is when someone else comes into my life and is showing that interest, but then also is loving me through the hard times, loving me through the dumb mistakes that I make. Um, because then that is the trans transformative power that the gospel has. Um, and when I get to experience that, then I want to go and share it with other people. Mm. I want to go out and, and say, people, you can experience this. You can experience Jesus's love in a way that like I never thought was possible. Mm. So like recognizing that we have that need. Um, and so finding it, like, all right, I have that need. I'm going to go find people in my life that will show the gospel to me. Mm -hmm. But then also thinking of ways on a daily basis, how can I show the gospel to other people? Mm -hmm. Like we need to, we need to be praying for opportunities, um, to do that. Like, cause 
you know, and Matthew 18 talks about the, the, what we said at the very beginning, the Great Commission. Jesus said, go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. Mm-hmm. Like a disciple is not a one-time process. Mm-hmm. It's not just like, oh, they accepted Jesus. We're done. No, yeah. that step is the first step in yeah. a lifelong process. So finding people that can pour into you and then looking for opportunities for you to go and do that for someone else. Yeah. That is what I think Jesus called it called us to. And so I would just encourage everyone to do that themselves. Find those people and go look for opportunities. Yeah. And I'm going to, whether you like it or not, I'm going to share a little bit of our own personal experience when it comes with, and and not to say that I'm his disciple or he's my disciple. It's a peer discipleship thing. I think that Logan and I have gone through over the last 15 years, whatever it's 10 years, not 15, but how old are you? Almost, almost 12 years ago. Jeez. We're getting old. Uh, (laughs) I'm going to regret saying that. Sorry for all you people older than 25. Uh, (laughs) So Logan and I had been friends, like we've kind of alluded to a few times during this podcast, you know, we're growing up together, Call of Duty comes out and we're hanging out every summer. Like literally, I think I could have had a bed at, uh, I think I did have a bed at your house (laughs) um, where we would, hang out, stay up till midnight, play video games all the time. And I never heard anything from your parents about it, but my parents definitely were like, whoa, what are you doing playing video games for uh, yeah. hours and hours and hours, yeah. right? But anyway, so that that like cultivated Logan and I's relationship where we had that common bond because Logan in high school, you know, fast forwarding to high school, Logan's an athlete. I was semi an athlete. And uh, so really... Not really an athlete. (laughs) And uh, so we didn't have like any other connection other than video games. So like if it wasn't for, you know, something like that as like that I think is comparable to today, right? Where kids are meeting meeting people online that are their age, not in a, I know it can, it can be creepy sometimes, but that they're meeting people online at a crazy rate where that's how they're making friends through a screen, which it's not, I'm not, I'm not condoning that. I'm not celebrating that, but it's just that they're making relationships one way or another through video games. Mm -hmm. And it's through that, that, um, that these kids are finding that relational need that they, that they need like at their core. Right. And so Logan and I, you know, we, we do that. We, we play video games for probably the better part of three years, our lives just, you know, totally consumed by an Xbox when we hang out. Um, and then uh, we start getting to, towards the end of high school and, uh, you know, girls come into the picture. And uh, that was something that, and, and I'm, I'm going to share, I hope you're okay with yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, um, So Logan, Logan was dating this girl and uh, they had for a little while, quite, quite some time. Yeah, we dated, I think, for close to eight months. Okay, so that's like 10 years in high school. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so... They, they ended up breaking up and I made the stupid decision to make a move to try to, uh, you know, uh, build a relationship um, with with the same girl. And Logan and I's relationship suffered because of that. And we didn't talk for what, almost like a year, yeah, I think, after pretty, that. It was, it was pretty close. And yeah. And, and that's uh, and I'll, I'll let you I'll let you give your side of the story if you feel like it's it's wrong. But uh, it was during that year that I think. um we both realized, or at least for myself, mm-hmm. I should just speak for myself, that that I missed having the relationship that I did with Logan, even though I knew he was going off to college. You you had been, I think you were getting ready to leave for, didn't you do Baylor? Yeah, yeah, freshman yeah. Year? University for you. Yeah, and so, um, but, but trying to mend that because it, it, you realize that 
you need that that relationship, right? You need that mm-hmm. peer mentor because at uh, at the time, at least for me, I didn't have a whole lot of because I didn't go to college after high school, so I wasn't around a lot of people my age. I went straight into a career path, yeah. and um, so it, it, all, all that to say that I I think that there's there's just a lot of and and we mended that and he was the best man here yeah he's here and we're laughing and we're having a good time and uh he was the best man in my wedding three years ago and yeah i mean it's relationships and the way in which those peer relationships as well as mentor relationships i think are like you were talking about just like so key Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. when it comes to your kids when it comes to you as a parent too i mean everybody needs mentors. And, uh, so just, just realizing that there is, uh, that, that's the one thing, at least I'm, I'm hearing. And it sounds like you've, you've said a couple of times that that's the biggest Mm -hmm. thing we want anybody to take away from this podcast is really just that there's, there's a relational step that needs to happen in every young and old person's Mm -hmm. life. And if you don't have that and you feel like you're okay, I'd encourage you to at least go out and look yeah. for somebody to have some conversation with to talk about. Um, we we were not created to go through this life alone. Mm-hmm. Um, we were we were created to live in community, yep. um, whether that be the church community as a single person, whether that be your wife, whether that be your family. Yeah. Um, regardless of a lot of the the pretty crappy situations that a lot of us uh, can be born into when it mm-hmm. comes to any of those structures be in the church your family your marriage even though some of those things can fall apart because we live in a broken world mm-hmm. um to not give up hope on those relationships and and so as we're wrapping up here guys i want to say thank you so much to logan floyd uh <laughs> for coming by and uh for access allowing him to uh take some time out of work hopefully he's here with permission i don't yeah, know yeah. um and uh and come and talk uh, here on the Mobcast. We will leave some links below in the description to uh, some of the social media sites for Axis, as well as um, I'll put an email for Logan um, in the description as well, so that if you have any questions or anything that he talked about, maybe pulled on your heartstrings a little bit, you can get in touch with him via email. And, um, I'm sure he'd be happy to do that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and if I know Logan, I know that he loves talking to people and, and, uh, and building relationships even that way. So. Um, For this week, we we thank you so much uh, for listening. We love you guys, and we'll see you next week.